Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Make It Kind. Make It Kind. M-I-P. With Masamela Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Make It Kind. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, a lot of conversation around Tom Vilsack, uh, in the position uh, for eight years. It's kind of unusual for somebody to serve in a position for two, for two terms and then come back and serve another president. What's up with that? We have someone who is more than qualified to talk to us about the United States Department of Agriculture because of his experience. During his 37 years of employment with the United States Department of Agriculture, he served as a director of the Office of Civil Rights at National Headquarters in Washington, D.C. Prior to his position, he was director of the Conservation Operations Division in the National Resources Conservation Service, the NRCS. He also served as, as served as director of the Community Assistance Resource Development Division and the Watershed Protection Division in NRCS. Other positions within RCS include state resource conservationists and area district and soil conservationists. He served for one year as a legislative assistant to Senator Tom Harkin, where he drafted a bill to stabilize land prices and one year on an IPA assignment with the state of New York Department of Agriculture and Markets, where he developed a land evaluation system to tax farmland. He is the principal author of the United States Department of Agriculture Land Evaluation and Site Assessment 
system, L-E-S-A, LISA. The L-E-S-A system is used as the criteria in the Farmland Protection Policy Act and to protect farmland from conversion to non-agricultural uses. He has also provided national leadership and NRCS on urban conservation programs to include the erosion control in urban in urban areas, urban water, quality, urban flood, plain and wetland protection. He has provided leadership at the national, state and local levels of government in the development of programs and projects to create jobs while protecting and improving uh, natural resources. And he has even traveled around the world, uh, including China, uh, providing assistance on land use planning, farmland protection and land evaluation and site assessment. He provided assistance to South Africa on land care as well. Um, so what you have just heard in terms of my guest background actually qualifies him to be the secretary of, 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 of agriculture. So maybe we ought to be talking about that. But but instead, uh, he is retired, but still working, still ever a soldier uh, for our people. Uh, we've been able to see each other over the years and I have a great deal of respect for him. Lloyd Wright is our very special guest. Mr. Wright, God bless you, sir. How are you and the family managing in this pandemic? I pray everyone's healthy and safe. Uh, thank you for that introduction. I've forgotten a lot of those things, <laughs> but we're, we're doing quite well. We're being very careful, uh, staying close to home and uh, learning to use distant communications, whether it's Zoom or you name it. Uh, we're, we're learning more about how to stay in contact at a distance. And this, that's great. And as you're doing right now, you're able to connect with us. And that's that's wonderful. And we appreciate that. Politico um, mentioned you in an article, a couple of other news outlets, because you wrote a letter to the Biden administration, uh, Mr. Wright, opposing the nomination of Tom Vilsack for the secretary of agriculture. And you have some firsthand knowledge of what his last tenure was like. Uh, and why we don't need him back, particularly uh, as he would not, from your experience, he did not act in the best interest of African-Americans the first time around, correct? Correct. I'm going to yeah. give the floor to you. Uh, begin in whatever area you like in terms of making the case. Because, well, first of all, your letter starts out even mentioning um, how he treated African-Americans as governor of Iowa. Yes. And I was not aware of that until it was brought to my attention and, uh, and a website item was sent to me. He had 5,000 uh, African-American complaints against him when he left the job as governor of Iowa uh, because they didn't give, give interviews, didn't give him the same chance to uh, uh, for employment and promotions within the state of Iowa. And I told some folk I didn't know they had 5,000 blacks. Uh, in, in Iowa, but apparently he had that many complaints. Yeah. And so my question I raised, and a number of people have raised since they became aware, how did he become secretary in 2008? Uh, a background check would have said that you don't put a person who has done that much, much mistreatment of blacks head of the plantation. And, and, uh, so some kind of way he got through that. And, um, uh, 
and, and although that was not that case was not certified as a class, but they still had to address those complaints on an individual basis. So uh, yes, so that so his history was not good. And then he continued the same thing when he arrived at USDA. Uh, he started off um, where he hired his inner uh, core group, the uh, uh, you know, employees office of the secretary, uh, who was his chief advisors. And he marched those out one day in Jefferson Auditorium. And I don't know if you've been to the Ag Department or not, but that's the large auditorium at mm. USDA. And he announced that he was introducing a diverse staff. And he may have had some folk in there with, you know, mixed sexual orientations. And he had some women. Um, but he didn't have a single black in his inner staff. And that's the way he operated with one exception. That's the way he operated the whole time he was there. So his inner core was basically white, which led him to making some very poor decisions. And I, I tell folks that the reason I think Shirley Sherrod was fired uh, over a swift quote <laughs> kind of a, a news cast that, uh, that didn't last 24 hours, if you remember. Right. They put something out one night and they fired her that night, stopped on the road in the middle of traffic to fire her. And then the next morning on CNN, they ran the story and said it was a lie. So, so had they had decent staff and, and, and I integrated or mixed staff, uh, some of the blacks would have told them more about Shirley Sherrod being an outstanding person. She provides services to white and blacks and many whites came to her defense. She's, you know, whatever. But anyway, it was a Sith, you know, one of those kind of stories. He didn't have anyone in his staff to help him. And he has a, you know, he's prone to be slow to hire blacks and quick to fire them. And then he didn't offer the job back. He found out in 24 hours he'd made a mistake, but he didn't hire back. Mm -hmm. He basically was going to give her a job up here, have her move to Washington from Georgia, and a job that was less significant than the one that he fired her from. But he never offered her the job back. And he fired other, he walked a lot of blacks out of the building, high-level ones. For minor, or some of them, and I'm not going to get into details of of what they what they did, but whites did the same, and some of them would get reprimanded or have to go to some kind of class or whatever. They didn't lose their jobs, they didn't lose pay. So he treated whites different than he treated blacks, and that was the pattern throughout uh, his administration. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's, I think it may have started in an hour, and we should have known about it, and it shouldn't have been there the first time. Yeah, yeah. and to have them come back is an insult to blacks. Yeah, yeah, it, it it absolutely is, and that should not happen. We remember well what happened with um, uh, Shirley uh, Sherrod. I want to lift up a, a, a few lines from what um, uh, what you wrote, and as you mentioned, no. Um, staff African-Americans in decision-making positions uh, for eight years. Um, you're right, there were several incidences in which senior level black employees were removed from service, forced to retire, or demoted from their positions for committing the same or similar offenses that white employees who were counseled or reassigned to other positions with no effect to their grade or salary. Mr. Wilsack also was unwilling to settle discrimination complaints by black farmers 
during the eight years he was in office as secretary. He was ready to foreclose on black farmers who should have had their debt forgiven. He was willing to place offsets against black farmers, social security disability checks in cases where that check was the only income available to feed their family. Now, you also um, quote the Rosenberg and Wilson, the Rosenberg and Stuckey article. Uh, they did a two year investigation on how the USDA distorted data to conceal decades of discrimination against black farmers. Um, and so these would want to walk through with you some of the myths that were promoted by Vilsack and the USDA that were not true. I'm, I'm going to I'll mention a myth and then have you kind of break it down for us. Okay. Number, number one, the USDA resolved a backlog of civil rights complaints from the Bush years. That's a myth, correct? That is a myth. That's correct. And, and let me uh, kind of package how important this study was in that I can understand why uh, folk over at the White House thought that Vilsack was doing a great job. He had a great communication team that put out a lot of accomplishments. So the five myths we're going to talk about have been included in his accomplishments. And if you didn't have a way of checking uh, whether they were true or not, uh, you would have the impression that he was jumping over tall buildings with one leap. Because if you read what he had to say about himself, it's great. When you go through these, this study, you will find that they're all lies. It didn't happen. So now let me address the first item. No, he did not. And, and, and the reason I know he didn't is that I went down and worked for him two years as a consultant. And I had promised my wife I wouldn't go back to work. But he asked me when he first came in. Uh, I understand that the president had asked him to address uh, there was complaints that had not been uh, resolved in, te in terms of debt forgiveness on the pigfoot. So I went down and worked. Uh, we, we were able to put a strategy together. Uh, the Congressional Black Caucus got a bill put together to extend the statute of limitation on those complaints so we could resolve them. It passed the House twice. We needed help from him to get it through the Senate. And if anything, he helped stop it from getting through the Senate. He never passed the Senate. So the only thing that happened to the 14,000 complaints was that we determined the status of them in terms of where they belong because they hadn't been processed. About 4,000 of those should have been and would have been resolved under the bill had he supported it. They were not. So the only thing we did was to accumulate a lot of paper. Um, the farmers, many of them later on were foreclosed on. And, and a couple of the farmers and one of the most hurtful things that I observed was, was taking the, um, uh, offsets on a disability check when the person has, you know, worked themselves down, they're old now and, and they can't make a living and they owe the government money that they should know should have been forgiven earlier. And they were willing to take uh, the, the food off the table. So no, he didn't resolve them. Had they been resolved, uh, the, the, the complaints you've heard in the last 10 to 12 years about black farmers still losing their land in spite of Pigford, it would have been resolved. That program was designed to do it. The Black Caucus worked hard at doing it, but we didn't get any help from him to, to get it uh, get it through. He has an excellent communication or had excellent communication group, 
not one article was put out to explain why this bill was needed. So when we went up to the Hill to try to get senators to vote for it, they hadn't heard much about it. They went from one of the states that had a lot of black farmers in it. And, and we, so I said we got zero help, and it was not done. You yeah. know, and, and I know that because I left at the end of two years uh, with a plan together to do it, but it didn't happen. USDA was six times more likely to foreclose on black farmers and white farmers. Yes. Number two, new civil rights complaints fell to record lows. Yeah. Well, on, on the on the communication uh, board, when they were bragging about uh, civil rights complaints, they would show one number. And, and, and there were three reports that the uh, research people looked at. And one of them, uh, the report that they put on the website said they had 24 complaints. But in a report that they had to give uh, that was more detailed to Congress, that same report indicated there were 92 instead of 24. Another one indicated and appeared that there were 37. And the, 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 the congressional report they presented had 114. Uh, and then another had 25 in the public for you to read. That's why I say it looked like he was jumping over tall buildings with one leap. But they're actually, that turned out to be 60. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, the complaints actually went up. They did not. Now, at some point in time, people stopped following. It became clear you're not going to get anything. Maybe you'll retaliate, but he's not going to give you anything. But mm-hmm. no, they did not. That was not true. He said that black farmers, Vilsack stated that black farmers should be given tough love. Yes. And, and that was is part of what was in the report. He didn't, I didn't hear him say that personally, but uh, in doing the research, uh, they also talked to him. And he said that what they needed was tough love. Well, well, we, they, we, we saw the side of tough. We never saw the side of the love while, during, during the time that he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he had he had very little feeling for helping blacks, and he didn't keep very many of them close to him, and 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 he treated he mistreated us. Of course, he did. Yes. Um, myth number three: USDA reduced funding disparities between black and white farmers. Another myth. Uh, he had a program called Strike Force, where he would survey areas that had a number of minority employees and, and farmers, I'm sorry, put additional money out, but didn't change the criteria for the programs for minorities to get it. So basically, in the areas where he put out additional money, the white farmers got more money. So the truth of the matter is, at the end of the day, blacks got less really under Bill Sachs' administration than they did on the prior administration, which was a Republican administration. Actually, in terms of funding that, that was actually received, but that is not what's out on the website. I think for the actual numbers on the bill side, they got 0.8% of the program benefits. Under the prior administration, which was the Republican administration, they got 0.87 mm-hmm. when they finished the statistics. So all of the claims about getting benefits was nothing but smoke and mirror. Uh, it, it didn't occur. Between 2013 and 2015, 86% of the micro loans went to white farmers, only 7% to black farmers. That's right. 0.2% of USDA's $5.7 billion loans went to black farmers. White farmers received 
of USDA loans. Right. Yeah. Number but that's four. not what's on the website. You need to if yeah. you get that. You read that, you'll you'll have a very different uh, impression. And that's why this was done. Because if you read the myths, uh, you will you, you'll think every, we were all treated well, but none of that was true. The USDA would have one believe um, that the number of black farmers increased. Another myth. Yes. Um, in 1920, there were about uh, 920,000 black farmers. It reached the peak at that time. And it's been declining ever since. Now, when USDA took over during the census, they didn't do a good job reaching out to blacks. And over time, uh, up to down to uh, 1997, they showed the decline had gone to 18,000. That, that was not true. There were more farmers out there, but they weren't returning the forms, and USDA did a poor job of counting. Then later on, money was provided for outreach, and they went out and did a better job of inventorying the farmers, and they got it up to 37,000. So it's gone on a steady decline down from 920,000 to 37,000. The false piece is that it never reached 18,000, so it's not increasing. We are now just being able to find them out there who have been out there all along. And it actually was more than that. And there, there's probably a few more farmers than that. But, but the actual farmers in the communities, you go to any black, any community where there are black farmers, they will tell you that the number has declined every year, uh, that they are aware of. I'm still do, I'm a still a farmer, by the way. And I didn't put that on my, my resume. And I, we still farm soybeans. Um, uh, when I, when, when back in the 19, late, late, late 1950s, there were about, there were 37 farmers in the community, uh, where, where black farmers, where we farm. Our family is the only black farmer still farming land that we own at that third. That's how much it has declined. Now there's still blacks who own land, but they're not farming it. Mm -hmm. It's being rented. Uh, we, now we bought a couple of those farms, so, of the of the forty or so farmers that black farms, we we own a couple of them now. But in either case, the number has declined, steady decline. Every report done will indicate that that is the case. It's not increasing, and certainly didn't increase under him. It has declined. But you can change some definitions, and they did of farmers, and you can do a, a better job of of locating them. And more of us return forms now when they're sent out. So. Uh, it's a reflection of how many people return the forms and how much outreach was done. But the number of farmers are still declining. So that's a myth. One more myth that the Pickford settlement closed a painful chapter in our collective history. It didn't do that at all, did it? No, it was a disaster. Uh, I was director of civil rights, by the way, when Pickford started. And, 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 um, and we were doing administrative settlements. And for farmers who had been mistreated or we found discrimination, they were entitled to three things, compensation for their losses, they got debt relief, and priority for future services. Uh, on debt relief, we left a blank in the settlement agreement. Uh, it, we didn't negotiate debt relief because they got 100%. Debt relief meant debt relief, all of it. 
And, and at the end of the settlement, we'd call and find out how much debt, and we'd put that in the blank, and that was the final settlement. Farmers didn't get that on the paper. They thought they were going to get that because that was the history. Uh, most of the farmers got $50,000. They won't buy the tires on the combine. Um, only 371 farmers got debt relief, and some of them didn't get all of the debt relief, just some of it. But only 371 out of the first uh, 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 16,000 or so farmers that it was in Pigfoot One. Um, and only a couple of them uh, got priority um, for future services under Pigfoot. So Pigfoot really gave some farmers $50,000. The other two items not done. Many of the farmers ended up in more debt at the end of Pigfoot than they had at the beginning because the, the lawyers told them that you're going to get your debt forgiven. And, and they were not misinforming them because they too thought that they would get the same kind of debt relief that we've been doing in the administrative process because it didn't say otherwise. So some of the farmers who could have been paying on their debt stopped paying because they were informed. You don't need to pay on that debt anymore. It's yeah. going to be forgiven. At the end of Pigford, three or four years later, the debt was not forgiven, and they owed more money than they did when they started. And some of them are still in debt and losing land as a result of it. So the way Pigfoot was administered, it was a good idea, poorly implemented, and left more farmers in worse shape than they were in prior to Pigfoot. It did not. Then uh, let me make one other point. Yeah. There were a number of farmers, almost seven thousand. I think it was like six thousand nine hundred and thirty-nine cases that were not approved. Those were the real farmers. They threw them out. And I knew I know a lot of them personally, and some of them had documentation supporting discrimination. But in the class action, it shouldn't have been trying them case by case to begin with. But in either case, uh, uh, almost seven thousand of them of farmers got zero. Okay, so no, it didn't. It still need to be addressed. And actually, um, a couple there's a bill out, you know, uh, 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 justice for black farmers out. Of, uh, Put out by uh, uh, Senator Booker and Senator Warren, who drafted, will address that issue. So there, there are folk who understand this issue and have drafted a bill to address it. But he didn't do it for sure under his administration. I remember, and I know I'm not a farmer, know nothing about it. Well, I knew some farmers, but okay. I know nothing about farming. But when I heard folk were getting fifty thousand dollars, I knew you couldn't rebuild a farm. I knew as little as I knew, I knew that wasn't going to do nothing, Mr. Wright. $50,000. What is that supposed to do? Um, you know, that doesn't even cover the land that you're dealing with. Um, well, we continue to lose land. And, and, yes. and, and, and yeah, I mean, we've, we've been losing land and farms ever since 1920. And Pigfoot helped a couple folk, those who may have gotten that 371, maybe it helped some of them. The 50,000 may have helped a few people. There were a few people who got more than that, only a handful, uh, who went track B. But most of them went track A because what they wanted was debt relief. And they didn't get it. And they still haven't. And they still need to be addressed. And I, I, if Bill Sack is secretary, it won't be addressed. Uh, he didn't want to address it before. It won't get addressed under, new, under this administration either. 
only 371 farmers out of 16,281 got debt relief. Uh, black farmers did not get priority either on future USDA program benefits. Now, lastly, your letter reminded me, I'd forgotten about this. Barack Obama called, called Tom Vilsack, excuse me, right. and said the USDA is the last plantation. Correct. You want to get rid of that label. Yes. And so what, I mean, that's interesting to me for Obama to say that, and yet Vilsack did nothing about it. Well, he did something about it. He talked about it. He said he was going to put together a cultural transformation initiative. And that speech was the only thing he did. Uh, you know, and that, that's my other problem with, you know, he's going to give you a lot of promises, but don't look for a result. So yes, but he knew coming in that the president was concerned with the background noise that, that, that there were issues at uh, the, the USDA and blacks still considered to be the last plantation, and they wanted him to address it. And what we didn't know was his past record. We should have known he wasn't going to address it, but we didn't know what happened in Iowa at the time, that he left that many black complaints. Has the Biden-Harris administration responded at all to your letter yet? No. Okay. And again, I know it's gotten press coverage, which is good, and hopefully it'll get even more. But at the same time, you mentioned Booker, Senders Booker and Warren. You've shared your letter with Capitol Hill as well. So that hopefully, in, if he is actually nominated and at confirmation hearing, some of these senators will raise some of these questions that you've raised. I would hope. Yeah. And those two senators understand the problem. I mean, they, they've done an outstanding job in drafting the bill uh, that, that addressed a lot of issues at USDA, from civil rights, all the, all the issues that were not addressed in the eight years that Bill Zach was there, uh, uh, those issues are included in the bill they have drafted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another item that we didn't cover, which is a myth, he was, in the 2008 Farm Bill, uh, the, the, the farm bill required that he collect information by, on individuals by race, by county, and then accumulate that to the state and national level. So we could go out and determine where blacks were getting the services or Hispanics or any other group for that matter. He figured out how not to do that in his entire eight years. Mm. And it's not being done now either. And that's included in the Warren bill, Warren Booker bill. But it shouldn't be necessary. It was in a farm bill. He just didn't implement it. He figured out how not to do things he didn't want to do. So when we, you have to use other means of collecting information to determine the extent to which we got services. And the research people uh, uh, went through whatever processes of census and, and otherwise reports to come up with how much blacks received. But, but there should be a more direct report that they're not making available because they're not collecting it. Yeah. And and I don't expect him to do that if he returns. So you might pass some bills, but you, he might not implement them because yeah. he didn't before. Yeah. But yes, that is true. He he said that at a meeting where he had where he was introducing the new assistant secretary for administration, he pointed out at the meeting that um, President Obama had asked him to address 
the last plantation concepts that he didn't want the public to be known as that, and therefore you need to change things to do that. It didn't happen. It's still the last plantation. And 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 I tell folk, uh, blacks were always on the plantation, out in the tobacco barn, cotton shed, but not in the big house. And around him in the big house, he kept it just as white as it did back when we were slaves. We were out, we were, and now there were some, there were people, there were some agency heads and other people who were black in the, in, in the department, but the inner core was white. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you spoken with Senators um, uh, Booker and Warren yet? Uh, not on this. We, yeah, on the bill. I, we, I, myself but and others, have you I've worked with them on the bill they have introduced, but have I have not spoken, uh, not on this letter. Okay. No. Um, yeah, they get the picture, though. I mean, if you read the bill, it's clear they understand the issue. Did you ever speak with, with Senator Harris about some of the goings on at USDA before she became vice president? No. Okay. Okay. I'm hoping that they read the materials that's out there, research material, and look at his record in uh, back an hour. And, and they need to look at one other thing. Uh, I spent all yesterday <clears throat> on the phone, to the extent my voice got distracted, uh, working with black organizations to determine how many supported the letter that I drafted. And at the end of the day, uh, we were able to get 32 black organizations to sign on supporting that letter. I talked to a handful of others who wouldn't sign on, but said they agreed 100% with everything in it. But they didn't sign on because they said, based on when he was there before, knowing how he would retaliate against folks that did things he didn't like, if he ended up coming, becoming secretary, they said they, 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 they are concerned that he would retaliate against them. So sure. they support it, but don't want their names used. Sure. And that was bothersome to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know that's what we know. That's what he'll do. He'll retaliate. And the other problem the, the, uh, issue. I'm hearing from some farmers and interest folk in Georgia saying that this could cost the election if he ends up putting uh, cost the election on the two senators. Uh, a couple blacks told me, why should we get out and work as hard as we did to turn Georgia blue to give you two more senators if all we're going to get is bill signed? And they put it to me just as straight as that. And it's not, there's a bunch of them saying that. Mm. Are these farmers? One of them is a farmer and one of them is a community worker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, why, why should we work to give you two more senators? We gave you Georgia Blue when, you know, during the election to help get him in. And if all we're going to get is, is Bill Sack, it may not matter who's running things. And, 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 and you know, as you well know, blacks normally don't show up in off year election, midterm elections to begin with. We don't need that. Yeah. You know, and, and selecting him is not going to inspire the black community. I didn't talk to one single person that support him coming back. I didn't talk to one single person yesterday that didn't support what was in the letter that I signed and put out. And I should tell you, a, a lot of other people gave me input for the letter, but I signed it for the sake of time and to get it out early. And then yesterday we went and got a list of supporters. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, 
the do we know how many black farmers are left now? Uh, approximately 35,000, 38,000. Okay. In that range. Do we know how many black farmers are in Georgia? No, offhand, I don't. Okay. But there's a lot of them. Uh, Georgia's deep south, and that's the farmers are located, black farmers are located primarily in the states that have 1890 colleges. Because those were where blacks were, you know, at the end of the war, and that's where they're now farming. And Georgia is a, it's a large state, but have a lot of black farmers. I don't know off the top of my head the number. The reason I'm asking is because of what you just said about the runoffs. I mean, what yeah. how influential is the black farming community in Georgia? That's why I asked. So that's 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 yeah, very. But, but but when you need to talk about votes, when you talk about votes around black farmer issues, it's not just the farmer. Yes, sir. It's his family and the businesses and the other folks that also understand the extent to which blacks have been mistreated. So it expands beyond, far beyond the actual number of farmers that this, this kind of decision will impact. And it can't make blacks very happy. Uh, if you notice, uh, at least the only person that I heard, Congressman uh, uh, Clyburn, say he didn't want back was Bill's back. He didn't say Bill's back. He never said that about anyone else. And 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 I'm, I I'll be surprised if, and and disappointed as much as he did to help get the, the the nomination and and get him elected president that he can't get one request and that's not asking him to put any particular person in that job it's asking him not to put someone in who's been tried and failed the black community he might be a good secretary for, for all the rest of those folks the white folks. For the white folks, but he's not for black folks. Has Clyburn seen your letter? I didn't send it directly to him. I sent it to a couple of congressmen. I didn't send it to him directly. I should send it to him. Yeah, I'll do that today. I think I think you should. Yeah, I, I definitely think you should. So yeah. so just before we go, what is the smoking gun? What is it that Tom Vilsack has access to or can do? that would make someone appoint him after already having served two terms? Is this a money thing? Is is he connected to agribusiness somehow? What is going on there? I don't know. I think he may, it may be that he's connected to uh, Biden back. And, and reading the uh, the bio on Bill's Act, I think in 87, when when uh, President-elect Biden was first running for president, Bill Sack supported him. So it may be some long-term thing. I'm not sure. I, I, I can't answer. But I but whatever it is, uh I, you know, I I would hope that uh uh providing um uh whatever to friends and family wouldn't supersede uh the large group that supported getting you there. So they may have a long term history and friendship, I don't know. But and put him somewhere, but not in agriculture. If they want to make him Secretary of something else or ambassador to someplace else, wherever. But he's been in agriculture and he failed. And and the last time really we've had uh, an aggressive uh, uh, effort to address black farmer issues was under uh, President Clinton. And we had two secretaries, uh, uh, Secretary Mike Espy and, and Glickman, Dan Glickman. They were both excellent. Uh, Romich was the uh, 
deputy secretary for that whole period. That team worked hard, and I was director of civil rights for part of the time with that team. We haven't had a thing since. Black farmers have suffered ever since. And and we can't let them suffer much longer. There won't be any. Yeah. Lloyd Wright knows all about this, folks. That's why I wanted us to talk to him and wanted you to hear his voice. Uh, he is one of our most respected elders in the civil rights and the agricultural community. Um, and we do well to listen to him. And because we put Biden in power, he should be listening to people like Lloyd Wright and doing exactly what Lloyd Wright is recommending. So spread this word, folks, that you've heard here. Spread it around. Share it with others that this is unacceptable to take our votes as African-Americans for granted and then appoint Tom Vilsack to be secretary of agriculture. This is not good. And, and as this word gets out, he, Lloyd Wright is absolutely right. And others he's heard from. That's going to people. Biden said to the civil rights leaders, uh, defund the police is going to hurt us in Georgia. Well, guess what? Nominating Tom Vilsack is going to hurt us in Georgia, too. That's correct. So get rid of it. It might hurt us even more because everybody knows what defund the police means. Yes. Y'all tripping off of something. The only people worried about that are the people who, matter of fact, the numbers actually show that it increased the youth vote for the Democrats to for defund the police to be part of the debate. And I'm saying you don't have to agree with defund the police if you don't want to, but to suggest that those three words were so damaging is not true. Biden never would have won. But if you appoint Vilsack, it's going to be too costly. Y'all better listen to Lloyd Wright. Yeah. One of them is, you said, one is a myth that we people want police defunded. They want services redirected. You know, when, you, when you're going out to deal with a mentally ill person, uh, a person with a gun might not be the right person to show up. Mm-hmm. You might want an educated psychologist or social worker that know how to talk to the person and get them the help they need and yeah. not shoot and kill them. That's all folk have been saying. That it's unfortunate that folk have captured that, as you said, in one little item of defunding. It's not defunding. It's redirecting. Yeah. And I would think that police departments would like to get rid of some services they're not well qualified to carry out. But if, if the other side want to use that and we don't go out and do the necessary work to explain it, then it might be a law. Yeah. But that's not that, that, that's not the major issue. If you don't get blacks out, that's going to be your major issue. If you look all across this country at how he won, if blacks hadn't come out in mass, he would not have won. Well, you know. No, we we can't say defund the police, but y'all have been defunding farmers. Right. Okay. So no, no, no. We're not working with that. Lord Wright, we appreciate you, sir. It's an honor to speak with you. We always learn so much when we speak with you. And we have the utmost respect uh, for your service uh, to our people um, and to black farmers. Uh, and by doing so, your service to our entire country uh, at USDA. And we do well to listen to you more often. You should be in some of these. As I said, Lord Wright should be the secretary of agriculture. So would you say no? I'm, I'm too old. And, and, and I'd have to get a new wife. I, I, I promised my wife I wouldn't go back once. And I did. I don't know if I could get away with that twice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I heard that. Man. All right. Right. 
but but look, yeah. I, I appreciate you getting the word out. That's what we need to do. Yeah. Uh, because I, we, I think people need to know what impact this is going to have for four. This is not what blacks were looking forward to for four years. No. You want someone that have a record of dealing with all of the people in the department, not just big A. Yeah. Amen. You know, and, 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 and if you're going to put the same guy back in the plantation house, don't expect any different outcome. And they'll be promised, but don't expect to get them. We love you, Lord Wright. Thank you. Thank you for getting the word out. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.